let's get right into the, the message this morning from, from Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, a very familiar story. Um, and this morning, I want to talk about steps of faith. As we look at this story of Mark chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, we're going to talk about steps of faith. Beginning in verse 1, it says, And when he re returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise up and take up your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to come into your house this morning. Lord, we thank you for the, the health and the ability to come and, and worship together with other believers, God. And, and God, we thank you for your word. God, we pray that you'll, you'll take your word today and apply it to our hearts and lives. Lord, if there's, if there's one here today that does not know you as their Lord and Savior, God, I pray that you would, you would turn the light on in that heart, Lord God, that they would realize the need that they have for you, Lord, the hope that is in you. And Lord, for, for the believers that are here, that Lord, we, we struggle with so many things in this life. Lord, open our eyes to see the hope that is in you for walking in faith on a daily basis. Lord, whatever you have for us today, open our hearts. And Lord, let it not be about the words that I have to say today, but, the Lord, but Lord, the words that you speak to each heart today. And Lord, as you speak, we would obey you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning, as, as we walk through this story, I want us to, to picture the scene. Imagine being, they were in this house worshiping. It was apparently a large house, and they were in this house worshiping. And, and Jesus was there, and it says that he was teaching them the word. He was preaching to them the word. And, and as, as the crowds had heard he was there, they began to gather, and, and the, the place became packed as Jesus was teaching. And, and sometime during his teaching, he's sitting there, and all of a sudden... Something starts happening above them. And they see, see light above them, and then this hole that begins to get larger and larger, and eventually they begin letting a man down on a cot, it says, right in front of Jesus, right in the middle of where he was teaching. And then we have this amazing scene of Jesus demonstrating his power. That he, says, he says, I forgive you of your sins, and those say, mm, nobody can do that but God, which was true. They were absolutely right. No one has the authority to do that but God, but they just didn't recognize he was God. 
So he forgave her sins, and since they could, could not see that and could not believe because they could not see, he gave them something visual. He said, well, which one's easier, just to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise up and walk? Either one's just words, right? But that you'll know who I am, that you'll know my power. I'm going to demonstrate that, and I demonstrate it by saying, rise, go up, go home and walk. walk rise and walk and go home, and he did exactly that. See, we see this powerful scene, and it says at the end that they all are amazed at what they see. But when I see this story, I think about this crowd that is gathered. I think about the crowd that gathers in our churches, the crowd that's gathered right here today at Lionel Baptist Church. And as I look across this crowd, I think that the crowd in the book the crowd in the Word, the crowd in that day 2,000 years ago represents our walk. Those steps of faith that we go through. Because the first group we see there is it says that all these people were gathered, that they heard Jesus was there, and it said so many gathered together, that they heard that He was there and they wanted to come and see what was going on. They were spectators. Whether it was to be entertained whether it was just they'd heard something was going on, for whatever reason, they, they came to just see what was happening. Come to see, what would Jesus do today? How, they'd heard about the story earlier in the book of Mark. They'd heard about the story earlier where he healed the, the leprous man. And certainly they, they'd heard that, that all the ministry and the things that Jesus was doing and the miracles he was working. So here that this large group comes together and they, they come together and many of them are there just to see what's going on. And that's the way I began my walk. And that's the way I bet you began your walk. I can remember being 9 or 10 years old and going to Vacation Bible School. I'm sure I went before then, but I can remember that one. Of going to Vacation Bible School and remembering all the games and all the food and all the fun. Y'all remember that? How much fun that was as a kid. Don't y'all wish sometimes as adults we could just have an adult Bible School? That we just get out there and play games and eat and just do all and let the kids look after us. Wouldn't that be cool? But I was just a spectator. And I came to that Bible school, and one of the teachers at that Bible school said, Chris, you know what? We do this every Sunday. And I'm like, what? They said, every Sunday we'll, we'll, we'll do some games. We do Bible stories. We have snacks. We do all the same, just not everything at once, but we do the same thing. So, so I started getting, getting excited about coming to Sunday school every week because what the things, things are going on. I didn't care about Jesus. I'm sorry. I don't want to hurt your feelings. I didn't. I didn't care about what it meant to be a believer or a Christian or any of those other things. I just came for the snacks <laughs> and for the games. And I can remember at 12 years old going to church with my, my granddaddy. Amy, plug your ears. I went to church with my granddaddy for one reason, because there was a pretty girl that liked to sit by me. <laughs> I was just a spectator. I was just there for the fun and games. And some of you come this morning, and, and you've heard about great things going on at Lionel Baptist. You've been invited by friends of yours that says, you just got to come and try it. You just got to come and see. So you come this morning, and that's perfectly fine. That's where we all begin. There's nothing wrong with the fact that you say today, I didn't come to join Lionel Baptist Church. I didn't come to be saved or whatever y'all are talking about with those weird language. I just came today 
because I had a friend that invited me and said it's going to be great. Spectators. Nothing wrong with starting out as a spectator. What's wrong is if that's where we end up. What is our next step of faith? If you're here as a spectator this morning, I want you to know that that there's hope in Jesus, that God has a plan for your life, that something I hope is said today that grabs your attention that you say, I want to know more about that. Hopefully something says, maybe it's already happened. Maybe somewhere through our song service, something has already piqued your interest just a little bit that you're like, tell me more about this. Tell me more about what's going on here. Because one day, Scripture says that we're all going to stand before Him to give an answer for this life. One day, the Scripture said, every knee will bow and every tongue shall confess Jesus Christ is Lord. But for many, that day is going to be too late. Because Scripture says that we've got to give an account. Scripture says that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every single one of us. Not of you, of us. Every single one of us has sinned and come short of the glory of God. No one is exempt from that. And Scripture says that the wage of that sin is death and eternal separation from God. That if we got what we deserved, we would all spend eternity in hell. But God demonstrated His love for you. While even while you were a sinner, Christ died for you. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He says, whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This morning, if you don't know Christ, your Lord and Savior, we're going to invite you anytime. You can come now. I'll stop preaching right now. But you come at the end of service, and and we'll be glad to walk you through that. We'll be glad glad to help you with any way we can to to move from, from just spectating to see if God wants to take you deeper, if God wants to move you along in a step of faith. And then we see the next step we move from we're just watching, we're just seeing, to now we begin to, we desire something. I want to know more. I I call it seeking. We're we're at the seeking level. Here was this this man with with paralysis that, that he wanted to be there in the presence of Jesus. He wanted to go and see if Jesus could do something for him. He was seeking. Believe it or not, even the religious leaders of that day, they were seeking. They were there to find out more about Jesus. Who is this man and his claims? We have all the crowds that are there that, that they're seeking more information. Tell us about this Jesus. Tell us about his stories. Let us see what he's doing to move to that seeking level. That level where we begin to ask questions. That level of where, where we, we realize that there is a hope in Jesus. That level where we, we start, start really listening to what's going on. I can remember at 16 years old going to, going to church. and I've been in church again off and on most of my, most of my life. And, and at 16 years old, though, I can remember being in a worship service and something was different that Sunday as God began to speak to my heart. And I didn't understand what was going on. I had a a messed up view of what saved was in my life. I didn't understand what that was really about. I won't get off into that this morning, but I didn't understand what was going on. So 
I left service that day even though now I know God was dealing with my heart and I came back the next week and, and again the same thing happened again and I can remember thinking I don't know what's going on I must have ate the wrong thing this morning because I just don't feel right something just don't feel right y'all know what that you just something just don't feel right something is different and I didn't understand what it what it was I don't think we, we have been discipled properly to understand what how to understand when God began to speak to your heart but the third week I, I understood what God was saying the third week is God God began to draw me I can remember him playing just as I am. Y'all remember that song? I know y'all remember that song. He's playing just as I am. And I, I can remember standing in that pew and, and understanding that God was beginning to speak at me. And I, and I remember looking down at my, at, at my hands and my hand, my knuckles were solid white where I was gripping that pew so hard in front of me. I remember looking down at my shirt and my shirt just, just bouncing from my heart beating so hard. And I can remember saying, Chris, if you don't move, you're just going to die right here. And I didn't understand justification, redemption, sanctification, glorification. I didn't understand none of that stuff. But at that moment, I said, God, I don't understand everything that's going on, but God, I trust you to take care of it. And I stepped out of that pew that day. And I don't want to destroy your theology, but I was saved at that moment as I'll be ever any point in my life. I went down to an altar and I came down and my mom and dad came down with me and my pastor came down with me and, and we prayed something. I don't have no idea what was prayed there because God had already done something. God had already lifted that weight. And the pastor said, said Chris, what do you come down for? And I said, I want to be baptized. And he said, well, have you trusted Jesus Christ your Savior? And I said, yes, sir. He didn't ask me when. Right back there, 30 seconds ago. But at that moment, I knew something had changed forever. At that moment, I sought an answer to something that I didn't understand. And this morning, I want you to know that God has hope for you through Jesus Christ. You don't have to understand what he's doing. You don't even have to understand where God is taking you. You don't have to understand the direction that God has in your life. All that you've got to do is trust in him, to trust in him. Faith is just trusting in Him without knowing the income, the, the outcome, sorry. Trusting in Him regardless of whether you understand where He's going with what He's doing. There is hope when we're seeking. There is hope in the name of Jesus. For some, we, we walk through that questioning phase. We're seeking and we're like I was that second, the, the third one is, is seeking. There are those that are, are seeking more, I mean, I'm sorry, not seeking. Those that are questioning. Remember those religious leaders? They're sitting there and saying, who does this man think he is? Does he not understand that only God can do what he's saying he's doing? That's, that's blasphemy. They, they questioned who he was. And many questioned, who, who is it that has, has the power to do these things? There's those that, that just as he read the story this morning, when, when Jesus spoke and the wind stopped, they stopped and they said, whoa, who is this? We ain't never seen nothing like this. He, he called the, the wind to stop, and the wind did exactly what he said. There, there was that, that questioning phase. I went through that those first two weeks. What, what is going on here? I don't, I don't understand what's going on. Until finally I, 
I gave in. But the, we go through that seeking. God, I want to know more about Christianity. I want to know more about this church. I want to know more about faith. I want to know more about what does it mean to be saved. I want to know what all those things and what those things actually mean. There's, there's that seeking phase, and we, we bring those questions then. We bring our doubts and our fears and all those things before our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because He's got the answers for the questions that we have. We talked about it in Sunday school this morning, didn't we? It's part of that, that story with Ruth that we, we just, we don't get it. Why did certain things happen in that story? Can we just trust God regardless? Can we trust God even if I don't understand every stage of His plan in my life? Can I trust God even if I, if I don't understand all the circumstances? Can I still trust God? That we walk through this questioning phase of, of I want to know more and I want more information and I want, to, want what it takes to come into a point of making a decision. And then the final group is, that fourth group is those that are following. I heard somebody call these these people that are there as those with unstoppable faith. I, I love that. Because here's four guys that has a friend that says, I want to go see Jesus. And the four guys said, well, there's no Uber in this town. I've got to go to work today. I've got to run to Walmart to pick up some stuff so I don't have time. I've got to pick up the kids from school so... We'll find somebody else. We don't have that from these four guys, do we? They picked up their friend and they carried him all the way to the house and they got to the door and they did what me and you did, would do. They got up to the door and they said, excuse me, excuse me, we need to get in. We need to get this guy in to see Jesus. This is important. We need to get in. And they couldn't get in and they did what me and you did, would do. We'd say, well, bud, we tried. We'll leave you right here and maybe you'll see him on the way out. I think it was one of those guys. The Bible don't say this. Let me read into this just a little bit because I know, I know how people are. It was one of those guys that said, hmm, what if we went up and tore open the roof and let him down through the roof? And the other three guys that said, no, no, uh-uh. You know who owns this house? <laughs> This is a big house. This is a house big enough that all these people were piled in. And, and one of the guys, I don't know which one it was, came up with the idea and the others said, let's do it. This is going to be fun. And they went and tore open that roof and let him down because they were not going to let anything stop them from doing what they felt needed to be done to get him to Jesus. Do we have that kind of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Do we have an unstoppable faith that says, I'm going to get my friends before Jesus no matter what it takes? We say that, be careful. Are we willing for God to use us? Not just to go out on an outreach team, as, as great as that is. Are we willing for God to use us to speak to our family around a dinner table? about the truth of Jesus Christ? Are we willing to allow God to use us at work to be an example before others around, around us that they see the reality of Christ in our life to the point that they say, I don't know what you have, 
but I want that. Will you tell me what you have? Are we willing to be used by God to the point that we open our eyes to see what God is doing around us every day, to see opportunities where God has worked? Y'all been through experience of God? Anybody been through experience of God? A few of you have. Experiencing God tells us what? That, that we open our eyes to see where God is at work. And when we see where God is at work, we join Him where He is. Instead of devising our plans to say, this is what I think I ought to do, now God bless it. To pay attention where God is at work. And when we see people asking spiritual questions, we realize God is at work because Jesus said, no one can come to me except the Father draws him first. So a lost person is not going to begin asking spiritual questions unless the Spirit of God is already at work. And when we realize the Spirit of God is already work, at work, we're willing to see that and step in and say, how can I help you? We be the Philip. Remember Philip? as he was, he, God told him to take off on the path and, and head south and really didn't tell him where he was going. He just said, head south. And he goes down there and he meets this Ethiopian eunuch. And there when he gets close to the Ethiopian eunuch, the Spirit says, go down to the chariot. And he gets there and he sees him, what? Reading the scriptures. Reading the prophet Isaiah. And he didn't say, well, that's interesting. Let me go find Peter. Let me take you back to the disciples because I bet they can answer that question. No, it says he began at the very passage he was at and preached to him Jesus. He took exactly where he was and he took everything to Jesus. We take those spiritual questions that they have, those doubts that they have, the confusion that they have, and whatever it is, we take it straight to Jesus. Because he's the one for the, with answers of whatever we're dealing with in this life. He's the one with the hope. He's the one with the answers to, to, to deal with whatever the issues are. This morning, we find ourselves somewhere along this path. Every single one of us, we're there. We're either just a spectator. We're seeking, but we haven't got there yet. We're answering questions, but we're still maybe not there yet. Or you're there and you're following. Where are we on this path? Because the truth is, once Jesus comes on the scene, everything changes. These guys, they, they, they probably met many times. This is something familiar with them. They'd meet together in house, houses and, and talk and houses and, and, and listen to teachers and all of that. All that was something familiar to them. But something changed this day. In the book of Luke, he speaks of this exact same encounter. And Luke begins it in verse 17 of chapter 5. And he says, there was Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes and all these people were there. And that Jesus had come home. And Luke says that the power of the Lord was with him to heal. The power of the Lord was with him to heal. Because Jesus was in the room, everything changed this day. For that paralyzed man, his life changed forever. I want to know the story of those four guys that let him down. You think those guys were set on fire to do everything the Lord told them from now on? You think they became followers from there? You think they, they, they were obedient to whatever the Spirit of God told them to do from that point? Do you think that, that they trusted and followed Jesus after that moment when they were obedient to, to help their friend and see God work in such a mighty way? All these players were there 
before this ever happened. These were all local people. But without Jesus, nothing would have changed. And the truth is, that same Jesus is still here today. That same Jesus is still offering you hope today for whatever's going on in your life. That same Jesus still desires a relationship with you. What is your next step of faith? As a follower, what is your next step of faith? God didn't want to end the story with just writing our names in the Lamb's Book of Life. What, what an awesome time of knowing that we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Scripture says our, our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It says that, the, that God places His Holy Spirit in us as a seal, that He seals us at that moment as one of His own. What, a, what an amazing promise that God has given us in the book of Ephesians that, that God places His stamp on us and says, this one is mine. And as proof, I'm putting the Holy Spirit in him so that, so that you know this one belongs to me. What, what an awesome thing God has done for us. Jesus said that we're placed in the hand of God and no one can take us out of the hand of God. He loves you that much. But believers, that is not the end of your story. What is your next step of faith? What does God want to move you to in that, that next step of your life? What has God been laying on your heart and saying, I want you to move in this direction. I have a plan for you that you can't even possibly imagine. Are we listening to the Spirit of God? And are we continuing to follow each step of the way? Or are we missing God's best plan for us? This morning as they come around and get a song of invitation, we're going to give you an opportunity to respond to God. We're going to give you an opportunity just just to pray and ask, ask God, God, what, what is my next step? You a spectator here this morning? Then God, God wants you to move in, into that next step. It's, I think some deacons are going to come around and help us during invitation time. God wants to move you to that next step of, of, of seeking God, of moving beyond just questions and answers to moving to a point of where we turn in faith to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. But whatever prayer concern you have this morning, Whatever burden you come in with today, whatever stress you feel from God, that, that God is, is pulling you in a direction. This morning, would you just listen to Him? Would you just obey Him as He speaks today? Understand, we, we so often say, well, I can just take care of that on my own. I can sit right where I am. I can pray through this with my, my personal Bible study. What if God wants you to be a blessing to others around you? What a blessing others around you would, would have in knowing that they get to come and pray with you over what's going on in your life. That you're not just trying to take care of it all on your own, but you're willing to lean on others. Scripture talks about uh, having a, a multitude of, of counselors in our life. For us to be intimately involved in one another's, one another's lives. This morning, would you just be willing to come? Whatever God has laid on your heart today, we're going to invite you to come. If you would stand.